There is an indefinable, mysterious power that pervades everything. I feel it, though I do not see it. Almighty God has only sent one religion, but He has sent many messengers. When He sent messengers who got messages, by the passage of time, the message got changed. With mass especially, God against. The simplistic reductionism, which sees only good or evil, or if you will, the righteous and sinners. As I mentioned in the previous podcast, I went to a little beach town in southwest India called Goa, and it was absolutely incredible. The beaches were beautiful, the food was amazing, the history was rich, and so too was the conversation. Here I visited a handful of churches, cathedrals, temples, and missions. And in one of these places I met an incredible man named Ananta. Now you heard a little bit of him in the last episode, but I'm going to play our entire conversation because it was fascinating but also because it will give you an opportunity to witness your own reaction to religious difference. I'll ask you to take a step back from yourself and observe your thoughts and feelings that circulate through your mind about this man and his beliefs and how they may be similar or different from yours and whether you believe what he's saying to be true or that he's on the completely wrong path. There is no right answer here. This is merely an introspective exercise and an opportunity to hear an incredible man's tale. So without further ado, here is Ananta. Please tell me again about yourself. You're uh, you're from South Africa. Um, yeah, so I'm I'm from South Africa. Um, I was um, a student of psychology. Um, practiced psychology also for two years in South Africa, and um, within myself um, there was a desire, a calling, and it started off like a whisper, and you hear this whisper within your heart and within your mind, and then the whisper became uh, slightly louder, to more like a, a conversation, and then a scream, and then to an audible shouting noise that you couldn't hide from anymore, that you couldn't run from anymore, and um, that's when I realized I had to answer this call, this calling within the heart, you know, that I was searching for something, but I was searching in all the wrong places. Um, I wanted to be happy, but then I thought being happy means getting a degree from university. Then they said, no, no, get your honors. Then they said, no, no, get your masters. Then they said, no, start practicing, and then you'll start to get money. So then I started practicing, and then I had the fancy car. I had the, um, the apartment by the beach. Um, and still there was an emptiness within me. Yeah. And so then they said, no, you just need to take more alcohol, you know? So I started drinking, <laughs> so drinking heavily, you know? Yeah. Then they said, no, no, you need something else, you know? So started smoking weed, you know? Yeah. Then they said, yeah, no, no, one girlfriend is not enough. Get many girlfriends, oh, you know? So eventually I was living that sort of life, you know? And the more I, I started to have these things, my life started to spiral out of control. I was suffering with, I'm a psychologist who was suffering with depression mm. and um, addiction and um, so many unsavory characteristic traits. You know? right. And that's when I started looking for the existential questions that I was asking to myself and I couldn't answer. Who am I? Why am I suffering? What is consciousness? What is the purpose of life? You know? And that's when I started my spiritual quest and um, been down many roads. Um, and I feel that 
via the blessings of various parts like Christianity, um, Buddhism, the Hindu pantheon, um, I've, I've come to the Hare Krishna movement, um, which I find it to be all-encompassing. And my journey has brought me here, and I'm hoping that it keeps me here, um, because I find more than peace here, I find ecstasy. And this ecstasy I was looking previously in, in so many other places, you know, at the bottom of a Johnny um, Walker bottle, you know, yeah. but I she couldn't find taste, it there. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it wasn't there. Yeah. You know? So I, I'm finding it day by day, um, living as a monk, um, but more than that, connecting with something bigger than myself, something divine. Um, so in the Hare Krishna movement, we believe God is a person. And a person means personality. So by studying Bhagavad Gita, for example, you come to learn that God is a person and He has qualities and forms and personality. Of course, He's the Supreme Personality. And we as very tiny, insignificant souls try through the, through the process of um, yoga meditation, um, through chanting His holy names, um, we try to connect with Him, which all other religions are doing also. If you look at um, the Muslims, they are, they are chanting on sacred rosaries. The, the, in Christian faith, the Catholics are chanting God's holy names. In Judaism, um, the, 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 the wall that they speak into, mm -hmm. the Wailing Wall, wall yeah. they also it's chanting God's holy name. Yeah. So similarly, we are also chanting God's holy name in the form of mantra. Um, mantra is broken up into two words, Sanskrit word. Man means mind, Tra uh, derived from Traite means liberation. So it's the mind's liberation. So the only way the mind can be liberated is by connecting to the Supreme Father. And for us, we call God Krishna. And so Krishna actually means the all-attractive in Sanskrit. Um, so I, I remember um, Nietzsche said that he could only follow religion um, in relation to you show him a god who dances. Right? Mm -hmm. So here we have a God who dances, you know. I like to think of it as Krishna is like that song, God is a DJ. Mm -hmm. This Good is song. like Krishna, yeah. <laughs> God is a DJ. Yeah. <laughs> and here we're dancing to his bhakti beat. Oh, you know? yeah. So um, it's such a beautiful, holistic, all-encompassing, natural process. Yeah. You know? So I, I just, I fell in love with, I fell in love with God yeah. and finding myself, um, I'm, I'm, I'm starting to see that I'm not okay, but I'm okay not being okay. Mm -hmm. I have all these problems, all these anxieties, all these demons within my, within my heart. And I'm dealing with it in a healthy way, um, through introspection, through meditation, delving in. Um, I'm facing my demons. Now. Previously, I used to think that demons reside under my bed, but I've come to realize that the demons are under the blanket of my mind. And so every day I fight them. And spiritual life for me is not a playground, it is a battleground. So every day I wage war. I wage war with the internal demons within my mind, residing in my heart of lust, animosity, greed, hate, um, intolerance. And so like that, every day I go to war with myself. And I can only do this by the mercy of, of God and, um, and the mercy of others who are on a similar spiritual path as myself. And I'm, I'm not referring just to Hare Krishnas, but 
to everybody in, in this world and, and other worlds that are aspiring on the path of perfection, who are trying to fight the good fight and walk the spiritual path. Um, I take strength, shelter, guidance, inspiration from them. This is my path, it is a spiritual path. I hope that makes sense. No, it absolutely does. Yeah. I think the, uh, the the whisper that turns into a scream rings true with a lot of people yeah. in a lot of ways, but I don't think they... I think most times they never find the uh, the right outlet. The, the scream leads them in the wrong direction. Sure. So, um, <clears throat> But no, that absolutely uh, that makes sense to me. Yeah. It's inspiring, actually. Um, <coughs> Well, let me ask you too, uh, the, I guess the, as I told you, the, the cause for this project uh, is you know, religious intolerance and the, and the problem of people that once they do embrace the scream, once they do find their path, they, they become so tightly bound to it and they oftentimes are corrupted by you know, um, clergy or priests or whomever within the imams um, that lead them down the path of, of very exclusivist thinking that their religion is the only religion and any other religion is the, the wrong religion. So I'm just, I'm just curious what the Hare Krishna perspective of other religions is. Fundamentally, we don't really believe in religion as such. Um, we are more of a, of a spiritual path. So we follow the path called Sanatana Dharma, um, which is fundamentally the eternal occupation of the soul. Um, dharma means um, your constitutional nature. So we have an understanding that you are not the body, you have a body, you are soul. Right? So everybody within the material realm is a pure soul that is trapped within the body. Right? So fundamentally we follow bhakti yoga. Um, yoga means to yoke or control the senses and connect it to God. So through the process of bhakti yoga, which is the recitation of um, transcendental spiritual sound vibration, which is referred to in the Vedas um, as the Hare Krishna or Maha Mantra. So it's, it's basically three simple words. It consists of Hare, Krishna and Rama. It's um, the, the perfection of union between the masculinity and femininity of God. So. Krishna and Rama are the masculine aspects of God, mm. uh, God in his masculine form, and uh, Hare is God in his feminine form, because he's perfect and complete. And because he's perfect and complete, he has both a masculine aspect and a feminine aspect. Um, so within the Hare Krishna Maha Mantra, it's the rec recitation of these three names of God, mm. the, the energy and energetic. The, the, the masculine and the feminine coming together in perfect harmony. Um, so Krishna means the all-attractive, uh, the masculine feature. Rama means the reservoir of bliss or pleasure, masculine feature. And Hare, um, also in the Vedas referred to as Radharani, the feminine energy of God. Um, so it's a simple mantra that we chant. It's Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare. Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. So coming back to how it's connected to Sanatana Dharma, which means, um, as Dharma we're saying is, the, it is the nature of the soul. The nature of the soul is to serve God. So if you look at the Dharma of sugar, the Dharma of sugar is? Sweetness. 
sweetness, yes. The dharma of water is wetness. Wetness, liquidity. Yeah. yeah. The dharma of the soul is to love God, is to serve God, is to be with God. So God is a person and he has personality. We are as a soul, um, it's said that the soul is, is infinite and it's also sat, chit and ananda. Um, sat means eternal. Um, this is why it's so strange for us to die of when the soul leaves the body. Uh, you'll notice that the body starts to decompose as soon as the soul leaves. Mm -hmm. And this is a weird phenomenon for the soul because soul is, is energy. Energy can't be destroyed. It can just be converted, changed. Um, so that's one aspect of the soul. It's eternal. So it never dies. It just gets a new body. Um, it's full of knowledge. Um, this is why, especially in the human form of life, we are thirsty for knowledge, right? Because it's the natural um, disposition, um, proclivity of the soul. And most important, the most important aspect of the soul is Ananda. Ananda is a Sanskrit word for bliss, ecstasy. Sat Chit Ananda. The soul is full of knowledge, it is eternal and full of bliss. And this is the nature of God. Um, but He is infinitely, unlimitedly full of knowledge, full of bliss and eternal. We are but a, a fraction of that, of that aspect of God. So if I could explain it like this, it's like if God were to be compared to an ocean, yeah. right? We would be a drop of that ocean, a tiny particle of that ocean, right? So in quality, if you analyze a drop of salt water, in, in quality, it has the same quality as the as the whole ocean, right? Chemically, mm -hmm. right? But quantity, is it the same? Because the ocean is vast, right? And the drop is tiny. So like that, in quality, we one with God, but in quantity, we never, we never the same as God, right. you know? So this is our eternal nature. This is what Krishna consciousness is about. Through this uh, spiritual sound vibration, the Maha Mantra, um, we, we, the spirit being that is trapped within the prison, a prison with no bars, right? um, we are trying to remember that which we have forgotten. So it's not some unnatural imposition, it's our natural disposition to love God. So this process through mantra meditation is helping us to remember that which we have forgotten, right. to rekindle that which we have lost. So it's not giving you anything, it's just reviving your consciousness to that which you already know, but which has been covered over because of so many lifetimes being disconnected from the Supreme. Make sense? It does. It does make sense. Um, you know, my, uh, one of my professors ex explained like the Atman being like the inside of a, a chocolate bunny, you know, like a filled bunny and that like everything that happens in life just covers it with, you know, more yeah, coats of chocolate yeah. and karma is what wipes the chocolate away. But yeah. uh, I'm curious as far as like if, uh, if like, you know, a Muslim or a Christian when they die, you know, if they've been living their lives devoted to God in a different facet, like how does that culminate in their existence, like in their, in their ultimate um, fundamentally for us, we see that um, we follow very strictly the Bhagavad Gita. Um, and in the Bhagavad Gita, it's explained that whatever your consciousness at time of death, that, that last thought you have at time of death, then Krishna guarantees that whatever you're thinking of at time of death, that you attain in your next life. So it's like this, it's like watching a movie reel, you know? 
Um, and then at time of death, everything that you've ever done in this life plays within your head. And that which you've cultivated, see your lifestyle determines your death style. Um, um, that's actually Metallica. I was going to say, that yeah. sounds really familiar. <laughs> um, but I couldn't possibly be Metallica. I thought Metallica got it from somebody else. But yeah. Which is, which is also why I love Krishna Consciousness. Yeah. In Krishna Consciousness, you don't give anything up. Yeah. You just add God. Yeah. So we take anything material and we connect it to God and it becomes spiritual. Like I have a cell phone, I have a laptop, I have all these things. But I use it in God's service. Yeah. And then that's yoga. You take something material, you connect it to God, it becomes spiritual. So coming back to your question, that um, for me, I... I I don't see Muslim, I don't see Christian, I don't see Zoroastrian, I just see one family. And if they're sincerely practicing their faith, their path, then at time of when the soul is leaving the body, then whatever consciousness they have, whatever their last thought is, if their thought is spiritual, then they'll go to a spiritual place. Um, if their thought was your lifestyle determines your death style. If their thoughts were more about exploitation and taking um, advantage of others within this world, then that would be their consciousness. And then according to their karma, every action has an opposite and equal reaction. Then they will be embodied with a, within a body that will afford them the facility to engage further in that proclivity that they have cultivated. If that makes no, sense. No, that, that makes yeah. perfect sense. Yeah, sure. I actually really like it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, that, that's, uh, that seems actually to be the very the very trending um, response from most people I've spoken with. Is that, you know, like, as long as you're in line with your belief system, that like, and you're doing well in that belief system, yeah. you're living a moral life, and you're spiritual, yeah. I mean, that's more specific to the time of death, but that's that, that makes perfect sense to yeah. me. So, um, well, sir, I, uh, I told my cab driver half an hour, 45 minutes ago. <laughs> I didn't think half an hour was going to work anyway, but um, I really appreciate your time. And uh, I'm going to just turn this off. What did you think? Do you have some common ground, or is his viewpoint completely alien to you? I find that latter option hard to buy, but as I said, there's no wrong answer. Just make note of your reaction and consider it as you tune in for the next episode where we will explore the first perspective of religious difference. Thank you for listening.